Welcome to the Karis Christian Center podcast. So I haven't taught a series on this for about three years, actually, but I'm talking about the blessing of generosity. And last week we talked about, first of all, uh, seed time and harvest. Praise God. And I believe in seed time and harvest. We saw it started in Genesis chapter one. It carried over into Genesis chapter 8, then all through the Old Testament and into the New Testament. This week, we're going to talk about the tither's blessing. Everybody say the tither's blessing. There is a blessing that is connected with tithing. In fact, years ago, uh, we had a great challenge in the realm of finances in the winter of 2004 and 2005. There was a huge blizzard, and I owned more cattle then than I owned in my whole life. It was December, January time frame. I owned or had contracted it about 3,500 cattle. I had between debt at the feedlots and debt that I owed the bank, I owed about over $3 million, and we had a huge blizzard. In fact, they called it a blizzard of a century in Lamar, Colorado, and I had about 2,500 head of cattle on feed in Lamar, Colorado, and it snowed like mad. And Listen, I was speaking to it. I was rebuking it. I was commanding it to do everything I know to do to stop. And did you know what? It kept us snowing. Now, I think it really, the, the book of it came in about one night. But it's, it blew 60 miles an hour. They had over 15 and 16 foot drifts in the town of Lamar, Colorado. And did you know what? I lost more money than I ever lost in my life up to that point in time. But in that all, God spoke to me. And God told me, he said, look at what you have and do not look at what you lost. Now, a few months after that, Mark and Trina Hankins were here in town. In fact, they had to have some work done on their plane. So they had put it at the Colorado Springs Airport. And they called me from their hotel and asked me to give them a ride just over to Buena Vista, where Trina's dad and mom lived. And we supported uh, brother and sister Beerman, Bill and Ginger Beerman for years. They were pioneer pastors in this state had pastored, pioneered two churches, pastored three churches, great uh, man and woman of God. They got five children. All five of their children are involved in fivefold ministry. And then after they pastored for a number of years, they went on the mission field and he, you know, really got people filled with the Holy Ghost and, and ministered to people, sent them forth all over the world. And so we sowed seed for a long time. All actually clear through his life, we sowed seed and we're now sowing seed into their son, Scott, who took over their ministry. Amen? So I went over just uh, recently, last month, to the funeral. Brother Beerman went home to see Jesus. He said, I'm 90 and I'm ready to go. And he went to see Jesus. And it was a great celebration. It was a great home going. And so I was there. Uh, but anyway, we had the opportunity and the privilege to sow seed in that. But when Mark and Trina 
Uh, I picked them up, or, and then I was taking them to Buena Vista. It's about a two-hour drive. And this thing was in my mind, so I was, I was doing two things. Number one, I was thanking God for his goodness and for his blessings that he had given me. But at the same time, I had some, some of this challenge that I'd been dealing with in my soul, that I, and I, I shared it with them. So when I was talking about the different blessings, Mark just kept speaking to me. He said, that's a tither's blessing. That's a tither's blessing. That's a tither's blessing. That's a tither. And he told me at least 10 times, if not probably 20. That's a tither's blessing. And listen, I've got, I'm a very, very blessed person. I've been tithing since I got my first paycheck when I was 13. Hallelujah. In fact, when I was about four years old, we went to Sunday school. We lived about 10 miles out in the country, north of Lamar, Colorado. And my dad gave me two nickels to put in the Sunday school offering. And, and did you know what? Uh, my parents didn't have a lot of money. And anyway, I, I put one nickel in the Sunday school offering, and then I kept one nickel back. And when we were leaving town, I, there, was a, there was a little store on the way out of town. I said, Daddy, could we stop and buy some bubble gum? He said, no, I don't have money to buy bubble gum. And then uh, we went. Now, back in those days, did you know you could buy a pop for a nickel and a candy bar for a nickel? So we could go to the little country store, and for a dime, we could get a pop and a candy bar, not a buck fifty <laughs> candy bar, my goodness. Uh, praise the Lord. I've never paid a dollar fifty for a candy bar, and I don't, well, other than a big one, you know. I buy some of them big ones on sale. Uh, but, but I've never bought, bought a regular size candy bar for a dollar fifty, and I don't intend on paying a dollar fifty for a regular. Amen. I'm a very blessed person, and there's more than one reason for that. <laughs> but you could get both for a dime. But anyway, when we got out in the country, about eight miles out in the country, there was a little country store out in May Valley. Uh, north of Lamarck. It's called the May Valley Store. And so before we got there, you know, like a mile or so, I said, hey, Daddy, I want to stop at the store so I can buy some bubble gum. And it dawned on my daddy what I'd done. So my daddy, he, my daddy, he said again before, he said, I don't have money to buy bubble gum. <laughs> I said, well, Daddy, I, uh, I could buy it. And he said, son, he said, did you take that nickel I gave you to put in the church and did you I said, yes, Daddy, I did. And my daddy gave me my first lesson on tithing. And he said, we give 10% to God of everything that we get. Now, we might have drunk beer and cussed, but we went to church and we paid our tithes. <laughs> That's how it's raised. I mean, drink beer, cuss, smoke, but we go to church and we pay our tithes. In fact, this week, I was negotiating a deal on the roof, and we've been negotiating it for months, actually. But on Friday, I went over because we'd figured out the roofing material to use and we'd figured out the, the insulation to use. But we still had the roof board. And it, it's a, it could be a difference of $50,000 just on the roof board. So we're not talking, we're talking about, and God gave me a word actually months ago when I came back and felt so defeated from that case in federal court where the contractor that we assigned the claim to and uh, they got in a battle with the insurance company. We got zero. And I was coming back. I felt so defeated. I, I was in federal court for four days. I, I actually slept about three hours a night and lost five pounds in four days. And I wasn't trying to. And uh, Aaron gave me a word and said, Daddy, you'll get this roof done for a million dollars. 
And we got the best roof that we could put on this building. Amen? With the best. And did you know what? We got it all done. It's about a million point five if you pay a regular contractor. But we got it done for a million dollars. I signed the contract on Friday. Amen? So we thank God for his provision. We thank God for his blessing. And it's so good. God is so good. But when I went over to figure out, because we figured out the top and the bottom, just not the middle. And so what we have is a black roof, and it has R15 insulation, then a cover board, then a black roof. We're going to cover that with R13 plus insulation, and then another cover board. We're going to get another R15. And then we're going to put a white, they call it TPO, but we got fleece back TPO, which costs a lot more. It's just 100000 extra for the glue. So you talk, this roof is over two acres, okay? This is a big place here. So over 100000 just for the glue for that top layer. So anyway, anyway, um, I was going over there, and when I talked to the contractor, he said, I was raised Pentecostal. He said, I don't go to church, but he said, I pay my tithes. <laughs> I give my tithes. And I was talking about the blessing of giving. He said, I know that. Hallelujah. And I told him I was from the farm, and he was from the farm, and we connected. Praise God. And we had a good, we had a good conversation. Amen. But later that day, we got it done. I had to go to a meeting. I went to that meeting just after 4 o'clock. They texted me, and they said, $1 million. I said, this, this, and this? He said, yes. I said, done. Amen. We got it. That was, I guess that was Thursday. And then Friday, by Friday night, we had it signed. Amen. So that's a blessing of God. And God blesses us. By the way, I'll tell you, we're, we're putting, we have to put, we have to pay the engineering. We got to pay the electrical. All these things cost money. We got to pay a few things. Uh, while we're at this, but I made the biggest offer that I've ever made to go in ministry in a huge way uh, this past week. Amen. And I'm believing that door will open. Amen. So if that door opens, we're going to be preaching. We have the opportunity to preach to over 5 billion people every week that get the signal. Now, not all of them watch it, but it will increase the ministry so much. So at the same time, we're believing God, amen, for major increase. Everybody say, believe God for major increase. You see, because I believe that harvest, you see that picture behind me? Harvest is available at a completely different level than we may be experiencing right now. And that's why I want to get involved in seed time and harvest. That's why I want to get involved in the tither's blessing. In fact, Herb Carter, he's sitting right here on the front row. Herb and Judith oversee our prayer time, uh, or our prayer ministry. Years ago, Herb got out of the army, and Herb and Judith were married, and they were having a, he was a mechanic, and he didn't get paid if he didn't get work. So he, they were having a hard time paying their bills. So they talked to their grandma, and Judith's grandma paid tithes, or gave tithes. So she talked to them about tithing, and Herb said they started tithing, and God worked it out. He said, if I didn't get work at work, I'd work in my front yard. People bring me work. And from that point on, amen, we were blessed. Every need was met. And I've heard this testimony from so many people. Amen? So I'm going to encourage you, amen, to be a tither, to be a giver. Praise God. So we started with this scripture in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. It says, there is he who scatters and yet increases, and there is he who withholds more than is meat, but it tends to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, 
And he who waters shall be watered also himself. I love it in the message. The message says the world of the generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others will be abundantly blessed, and those who help others will be helped. The modern English version in verse 25 says, The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters others shall be watered also himself. So Mark was talking about the tither's blessing. While he was doing that, Trina began to speak this word from Proverbs chapter 21. In Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 20, there is treasure to be desired in the, and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but the foolish man spins it up. And as Trina began to speak those words, it's like it healed my soul. It healed the wound. Have you ever went through a challenge, believing God, and you didn't get what you received? So sometimes that can wound you in the air of your soul. And what the devil is trying, he's trying to defeat you in your mind before you ever really walk into the victory. So when Trina spoke those words, it's like God poured healing oil over that wound in my soul and healed me, praise God. And we moved right out of that challenge and I just began to believe, you know what, that if the devil stole from me, he's got to repay it seven times and I got that loss, the greatest loss I ever had in my life financially. I've got it back today over seven times. In fact, I'll be honest with you. I am one of the most wealthy pastors in this nation. And I intend on becoming on one of the most wealthy ministers in the world. And I'm making absolutely no apologies for it. I get lots of criticism over it. People make fun of us. People say nasty things about that prosperity church. But you know what? It's working for me. And it'll work for you because God is no respecter of persons. He's only a respecter of faith. Amen? I remember years ago, I was in Kit Carson. We had some new people come, and we drove out way out in the country. When you're way out in the country from Kit Carson, you're way out in the country <laughs> to visit these new people. And they said, well, it must be nice to be a rich preacher. And I thought, they don't know what I'm dealing with. I was borrowing every dime to get my business started and, and challenges just to get from paycheck to paycheck, really. But I just believe God. Amen? And Bobby Jean Merck came and ministered for me, and she said, Lawson, it's not, what, it's not what they see in the physical realm. It's the anointing that's on your life. It's the anointing. You know, there's an anointing, and you need to be aware of the anointing. The anointing will take you places. Amen? The anointing will do things for you that you cannot do in your own strength and in your own power. I have stepped into a realm where I've made offers and I've taken steps of faith where I know that I cannot do this in my own strength and my own power, but I believe in the anointing. I believe in the Spirit of God. And so I'm believing God today for more than I've ever believed Him for in my life. Praise God. Now, when we go to the book of Malachi, Malachi chapter 3, I want to read verse 10 through verse 12, talking about the tither's blessing. Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse. 
Where's the storehouse? That's where you get fed from spiritually, okay? That there may be meat in my house and prove me now herewith. God says he wants you to prove him. He said, I want you to put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. Notice those words in verse 10. The Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. I want you to know that God is the God of the armies of Israel. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen in Israel. Israel is going to wipe out Hamas. Amen. And Israel is going to get stronger and those old terrorists are going to get weaker. Amen. You do not stand against God's people that have a covenant with him. Whether it be the, the peep, children of Israel or his people of his covenant today who believed on Jesus. Hallelujah. So he says, prove me, the Lord of hosts. Now, Aaron preached on this recently, and he preached on Genesis 28 when Jacob uh, was running from Esau and made a, a commitment to tithe. And when Jacob was running from Esau, he, he had a ladder. He fell asleep and there was a ladder. And on this ladder, there were angels going up and down on this ladder. And as the angels were going up and down on this ladder, and Aaron called it the God of angel armies. When he says the Lord of hosts, and there's a number of places that you can certainly see that. And later you see it in Jacob's life. And I believe you could see it right here. So he says... Prove me, saith the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, or the God of angel armies, that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there may not be room enough to receive it. I have been a tither since I've been a child. I've been a tither since I received my first paycheck. I have tithed in the first church that we started in Kit Carson. We gave between 10% and 50% of the money away. Every bit that came in there and we never lacked for money. And in this church, we've given every year between 10 and 27% and we have never lacked. God has met every need. So I know this works. Hallelujah. He says, prove me with it that there is that, that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Now, why do we live under an open heaven? We live under an open heaven because Jesus opened heaven in his death and in his resurrection. Hallelujah. But he said, you can tap into that grace that's available to you by faith. And I believe giving is an act of faith. Now he says, he says in verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, and he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, says the Lord of hosts. There you see it again. And all nations shall call you blessed, and you shall be a delightsome land. And he says it again, saith the Lord of hosts. There, there is, that's what I call the tither's blessing. There is a blessing associated with sowing and reaping, with giving and receiving, and with tithing. There is a blessing on the tithe. Hallelujah. But the way you tithe, and I'm going to talk to you about the attitude that you tithe with. As you tithe, I do not personally believe in paying tithe. 
And the reason I don't believe in paying tithe, I believe if you are paying tithe, you are doing it out of a debt that you owe rather than a seed that you sow. And when you look in, there's only one place in the scripture that it, that it talks about paying tithe. And that is in Hebrews chapter 7. It says, Levi paid tithes in Abram. And if you study that out, and we will study it out, you will find that when Abraham did it, Abraham gave it. He did not pay it. And it says that in Hebrews 7, and it says that in Genesis chapter 14. And by the grace of God, we'll get through this, and you'll see both of those scriptures today. Amen? So Abraham gave a tenth, and Levi received the blessing off that. So when it says Levi paid tithes, it's not talking about what Levi did. It's actually talking about what Abraham did. So when you look at this, the initiation of tithing actually happened in Genesis chapter 14 with Abraham, the father of our faith. Now, Abraham started tithing in Genesis chapter 14, 400 years before Moses required it in the law. So some people say, well, we don't have to tithe because we're not under the law. Well, I'll tell you, we're not under the law, but did, are you the seed of Abraham or are you the seed of Moses? You are the seed of Abraham, according to Galatians chapter 3. Amen? So there's blessing associated. All those who believe are blessed with Father Abraham. I think that's Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. Amen, or with believing Abraham. So you're blessed when, and so there's a blessing that's associated with this. Now, in Genesis chapter 14, if you want to go there with me, in uh, verse 12, what, ha what had happened was Lot had been taken captive and hit his house, and basically almost all of the people of Sodom where Lot lived were taken captive, and these kings who were raiding nations, right, not only got the people, but they got a bunch of the spoils of war of the goods of Sodom and these other places. Now, Lot made a couple of mistakes. Number one, Lot's herdmen got in strife with Abram's herdmen. They were so blessed, they had too many cattle for the property, so Abram took the high road, right? And Abram told Lot, listen, if, you know, the, the land's too, too narrow, we can't, we can't all live here in the same place, so if you go to the east, I'll go to the west. If you go to the west, I'll go to the east. And Lot chose the well-watered plain of Sodom, and Abram went to the hills of Judea, the high dry ground. Amen? Now, a couple of mistakes Lot made. Number one, you never get in strife with the man of God. Everybody say, don't get in strife with the man of God. See, David, David would not hurt Saul, even though Saul was running around the country, tried to kill him over 20 times. David said, I won't touch the Lord's anointed. So if somebody's anointed by God, I keep my hands off of them. Amen? And the other thing, you don't look to the world for your blessing. Lot went to Sodom. Later, you see, when Abraham came in, that the king of Sodom tried to bless him, and he wouldn't take anything from him. 
except what the young men, his army that he took with him to go get the goods back, had eaten. Okay? So don't touch a man of God. You know, somebody's anointed by God. You keep your ugly hands off of them. Keep your mouth shut. Amen? And number two, don't look to the world for your blessing. Look to God. So Lot heard, Abram heard about this uh, in verse 14. And when he heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained men, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. Sometimes you're not going to get something back unless you go after it. You find that when, when David was in Ziklag and went out to war, and the, the, the Amalekites came and robbed Ziklag and burned it with fire, David came and was weeping, and all the people had basically left him. And as he wept, God, he said, God, what do I do? He said, pursue, for you shall recover all. So Abraham pursued them. In verse 15, he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them, pursued them unto Hobah, which is in the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back, in verse 16, all of the goods, and his brother-in-law and his goods, and the women and the people. Verse 17, two kings came out to meet him. First of all, the king of Sodom went out to meet him after the return of the slaughter from Chilteramer and the kings that were with him in the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale. Not only did he meet the king of Sodom, he met Melchizedek. It says here in verse 18, Melchizedek, my king of righteousness, is a literal translation of that, king of Salem or king of peace, king of Jerusalem, brought forth bread and wine, a type of the covenant. And he was the priest of the most high God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the most high God, possessor of heaven and earth. I love those words. Now I have a question for you. Did Melchizedek bless Abram first, or did Abraham give tithes first? Melchizedek blessed Abram, and then Abram gave a tenth of all. It's important that you understand that you are blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. And you're blessed before you tithe. You tithe, right? Because you want to give. You're doing out of a generous heart, but you're blessed by the Most High God. So then Melchizedek blessed him and spoke this blessing over him. Verse 20, and said, Blessed be the Most High God who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abram, he gave him, Melchizedek, tithes of all. The king of Sodom said to Abram in verse 21, Give me the people, take the goods to yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand to the Lord, the, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from, uh, take from a thread even to a shoelace. He said, I'm not going to take anything from you. In other words, he wasn't looking to the world for his blessing. Lest you should say, I have made Abram rich. 
save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men went with me, Aner, Eskel, and Mamre, let them take their portion. Amen? So Abram was a very blessed man. Hallelujah. However, he would not receive anything. He did allow the king of Sodom to give him back with the 318 young men that small army trained in his house had, had eaten. Understand, Abram, a very blessed man. He's a covenant man. And God, the scripture says in Genesis 13 too, that God made him very rich in silver and gold. Hallelujah. In fact, he had multiple streams of income, multiple areas of blessing. Praise God. So that's the initiation of tithing. And Abram lived about 400 years before Moses, before the law was established. So that's why I personally believe in tithing. You don't have to believe in it if you don't want to. You don't have to do it if you don't want to. And listen, I give a lot more than 10%. I give something like 30%. Barbara and I give about 30% of our income. We have over the years. And there's no way you can explain the blessing in our life. In fact, there's a man that started the Caterpillar Corporation. And that man started out giving 10% of his income to the, to the Lord. I think he started Moody Bible College later. He ended up giving 90% of his income to the Lord. And people criticize him. He said, well, I'm doing much better living on 10% than I was given, living on 90% when I started this deal out. So he increased his giving percentage as time went on, and God blessed him more and more. There's also a man by the name of Kraus, and Kraus started something called, what happened is he went to a, a church and this was in the, either the late 1920s, 1929 when they had the big crash, or the early 1930s. And when he went to this church, God told him to give his last $20 in the offering. Now, in 1930, $20 was a lot of money. But he put his last $20, if I'm correct, in the offering. And that night he had a vision of a one-way plow. Now, when I was a kid, I drove a 3020 John Deere tractor, 80 horsepower, no cab. And I pulled a 15-foot Kraus one way. And that changed the way America fought, was farmed. And did you know what? He became a very, very wealthy man. Hallelujah. So you know what? If God would do it for him, God will do it for other people. God is not a respecter of people. He's a respecter of faith. Hallelujah. Now, when we go to Genesis, I want to go on to Genesis chapter uh, 28. And in Genesis chapter 28, notice what it says. This is, this, one of the, this is the second era that we see tithing in the Old Testament. And this is with the grandson of Abram. Amen? This is the third generation. Guess what? I'm excited about getting what I get to the third generation. I'm excited about my jet grandchildren getting a hold of what I got. I trained my children well. They got it. They saw it working in my life. It's working in their life. But I'm excited to see my grandchildren get it. That's why I'm excited. We started teaching this new curriculum. And a few weeks back, I asked Fisher, I said, Fisher, what did you learn in Sunday school today? He said, we learned that the Lord is our protector. 
The Lord, He is, hallelujah, Jehovah Nisi, our banner. He's our protector. And last Sunday, He told me, we learned that He is Jehovah Rapha. He's the Lord, our healer. I'm like, thank God. You know, we're making that available free all over this world. And people are getting it all over the world. People are downloading that and much of our other materials. Praise God. So I'm excited about what's happening. I'm excited about being a part. But in Genesis chapter 28, you know the story of Isaac. And he had two sons, Esau and Jacob. Esau was the oldest. Jacob was the youngest. And so at the end of his life, uh, Jacob, and the Bible says, Jacob have I loved. Now, I believe the reason God loved Jacob was Jacob was a man of faith. And there's a number of ways that you can see faith in Jacob's life. Esau, however, it says, I have a hate in Romans chapter 9. That, that, that's really talking about what's happening. And what he's really saying is he's talking about faith and unbelief. God hates unbelief, but God loves faith. So Jacob comes at the end of the life of Isaac. Isaac could no longer see well. Jacob earlier had had he honored the birthright. Because he honored the birthright, he got the blessing. And Isaac blessed Jacob. Esau came in later. Esau was upset. So Esau actually got mad and wanted to kill Jacob because he wanted the blessing. However, he despised the birthright. If you despise the birthright, you lose the blessing. Right? So Jacob comes in, and Isaac, it says in Genesis 28, verse 1, called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said, don't take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. So here's one thing. Jacob not only honored the birthright, received the blessing, he honored the covenant of family. In verse 3, Jacob, uh, Isaac spoke this over Jacob. He said, God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply you that you become a multitude of people and give you the blessing of Abraham and to your seed with you that you may inherit the land where you're a stranger which God gave to Abraham. Hallelujah. So he's a very blessed man. Now, Jacob is running from his brother because Isaac is furious and wants to kill him. So as Jacob is running that night, he falls asleep. And when he falls asleep, there's this ladder going into heaven. And these angels are going up and down on this ladder. We call that Jacob's ladder. And he dreamed a dream and saw that in verse 12. And then in verse 13, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac, the land wherein you live. I will give it to you and to your seed. And your seed will be as the dust of the earth, and you will spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, and the south. And in you and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. So he repeats the covenant that he made with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. And Galatians chapter 3 says that when God spoke that to Abraham, that he preached the gospel before to Abraham. He preached the grace of God. Amen. So he speaks that, and then he, he goes on and says, Behold, I am with you and will keep you in all the places where you go, and I will not leave you till I have done what's spoken of you. And Jacob awoke out of his sleep, and in verse 19 he said, He called the name of the place Bethel, the house of God, and that's the name of that city. Now after this, in verse 20, Jacob vowed to vow. 
And he said, if God will be with me and keep me in this way, I will go and give me bread to eat and clothes to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then the Lord will be my God. And this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all you give me, surely I will give the tenth to you. So he makes a covenant with God to give a tithe, to give a tenth of everything that God gives him. Hallelujah. Now that may not take much faith when you got a dollar, but what about when you got a thousand? What are you about when you got 10,000? What are you about when you get a hundred thousand? What about when you get a million? See, he takes, so he, he, he vows a vow and he makes a commitment, hallelujah, to tithe. And, and so, and he prays for really four things, the presence of God, the provision of God, the peace of God, and the protection of God. Aaron preached on this message and he said, my dad, when we were children, always prayed for the presence of God. He prayed for the provision of God. He prayed for the protection of God. And he prayed for the peace of God on our lives. And you know what? Those prayers are still working. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So see that. Now, in Genesis chapter 32, this is after 15 years, Jacob goes to, to get a wife where his father tells him and he, and from Laban. And he, he works there. He sees Laban has a beautiful daughter named Rachel. He also has one that's not quite as pretty. Her name is Leah. And so he agrees with Laban to work for seven years for Rachel. And Laban thinks, well, by that seven years, my older daughter Leah, she ain't so pretty, but she'll be married off. Well, she isn't married off. So when the wedding feast comes, Laban gets Jacob drunk. And he gets him so drunk that he doesn't know who he went to bed with. And he wakes up the next morning and says, oh, my God, I've got the wrong wife. But his father-in-law, see, the deceiver got deceived. He reaped what he sowed. So, so he comes back, and his father-in-law says, well, I'll tell you what. If you'll work for me for another seven years, then I'll go ahead and give you Rachel, too. So he takes care of Leah for a little bit. Then they have another wedding, Right? And he marries Rachel, and he works seven more years for Rachel again. Now, in this period of time that he is working for his father-in-law, the blessing of God's on the man, right? He made a covenant with God. Remember, he comes here, he just has a staff in his hand running for his life. But the blessing of God is on him, and God increases him so much. His father-in-law is so jealous of the blessing, he changes his wages Ten times. I've seen that happen with people in this church. People will change their way they pay them ten times, and they still get blessed, and they still come out on top, and they just keep getting blessed, and they keep getting on top. Hallelujah. My cousin Doug came here for years, and he worked for a while at Lexus, and while he was at Lexus of Colorado Springs, he was the number one salesman, and they changed the way they paid him a number of times, but he always came out number one salesman. Then he went across the street and worked for Mercedes, and did you know what? While he worked for Mercedes, they changed his wages a number, number of times, but he always came out the number one salesman because we're the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We're blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. Hallelujah. 
And you know what? If you'll believe the word of God, God will bless you coming in, going out in the city, in the field. That is the covenant that we have with God. And so Jacob is so blessed. He works 14 or 15 years. He can see his father-in-law's heart's not with him like it was. So he runs. And he's leaving town. And he's taking Rachel. He's taking Leah. He's taking all their families. Right? And their 12 sons which become the 12 tribes of Israel. When he comes back into the land in Genesis chapter 32, he's afraid. And the reason he's afraid is because, man, he, he deceived his brother. He ran. Esau's a mighty hunter. So what he does, he, he, he defies, he prays to God, and he asks God to protect him. He's praying not really out of faith. He's praying more out of fear. But there is some faith in his prayer. Right, because he's praying some of the scriptures that God told him. Now, when he prays that, not only that, he devises a plan. And he says, I'm going to send a gift to my brother because I want to soften his heart. So he gives a bunch of sheep, a bunch of goats, a bunch of donkeys, a bunch of cows, and a bunch of camels. Now, I totaled that up. And the gift is, in today's terms, in moderate figures, Around $700,000. This man is so blessed that he gives his brother. And he sends him drove by drove with the, with the people taking care of This is a brother, a gift from my brother Isaac, a gift from my brother Isaac, a gift from my... And he separates himself. And he says, listen, if he attacks this one, I'm going to go this way. If he attacks this one, I'm going to go that way. I mean, he's, listen, he, he's doing everything he can to <laughs> just try to keep his eye. But he comes back in this, this land, and when he comes back in this land, he meets Jesus. He meets God. And that night when he falls asleep, he wrestles, and he wrestles with an angel. I believe the angel, this is my personal opinion, is a pre-incarnate form of Christ. And the angel speaks to him in Genesis 32, verse 28. And he said, your name will be no more called Jacob, deceiver, but Israel. Do you know every time that you speak the name of Israel, you speak a blessing. For as a prince, you have power, you have favor with God and with men and have prevailed. I got a cup out there in the entry. It says, I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding. And I have supernatural increase. Now, I've preached favor of God for years, and I stole that from Brother Beerman's daughter. In fact, I saw her at his wedding and told her, I've taken that, and I've preached it all over the world. And just like it worked for you and your daughter, it worked for me and my sons. It worked for people. Amen. Greg's son here in this church, his child a number of years ago was falling behind in math, and we prayed for him, and we had him speak the word, and a little bit, he was the head and not the tail. And I was preaching it in Chicago, and an African-American grandma came to me, said, my grandkids making C's and D's and D's, I'm going to get them to speak this and they spoke that word I came back next week and that African American grandma said I got my kids my grandkids to speak that word they're all making A's and B's you said it and it works 
So I've been saying that, but Bob Hostetler, he was here in the first service, and he's somewhere between 83 and 85 years old, and he's healthy and strong and works every day, and the man's blessed by the Most High God. And he tied the two things together, and he said, I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding, and I have supernatural increase. Woo, glory to God. So I came right out of this. Praise God. Favor, amen, with God. Favor with men and a good understanding and supernatural increase. Jacob asked him and said, tell me, I pray you, your name. And he said, what's that to you? Why do you ask me my name? And he blessed him. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I've seen God face to face and my life is preserved. Hallelujah. Amen. So Abraham tithed 400 years before the law. And, and then Jacob, not many years later, tithed. And then if we go over into Hebrews chapter 7, in Hebrews chapter 7, we see that the tithe, and nobody will argue with me that Hebrews is not comparing the two covenants, the old covenant and the new covenant, right? And, and it's talking about the covenant. In fact, it says this in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, this is the key verse to the whole book, we have a better covenant established on better promises, and what makes it better is Jesus. But in Hebrews chapter 7, it talks about what we read about in Genesis 14. It says, Melchizedek, my king of righteousness, king of Salem, Jerusalem, the city of peace, king of righteousness, king of peace, priest of the most high God, met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. To whom also Abram gave, notice that, he gave, right? So he did not do it as a debt, he did it as a seed, a tenth part of all, being interpreted king of righteousness after that king of Jerusalem, which is king of peace. He was without father and mother descent, neither having the beginning of days nor end of life, made continually, uh, made like the son of God who abides a priest continually. Now consider how great this man was, to whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of the spoil. So Melchizedek was a great man, and Abraham, the patriarch, gave him a tenth. Says it twice. Verily, they that are the sons of Levi, the Levitical priesthood, which came over 400 years later, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment in the law to take tithes of the people according to the law that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them, Melchizedek received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without contradiction... The less Abraham is blessed by the better Melchizedek. Then here and here. Now look at this in verse 8. This is why Pastor Lawson loves tithing and I love giving. Right here. Right here. Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 8. Here men die who receive tithes, but there he receives them of whom it is witness that he lives. Here's why I love tithing and I love giving. Because Jesus receives our tithes. I believe that. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. Hallelujah. 
Now let's read a little farther. And as I may say, Levi, who received tithes in the Mosaic Covenant, in, in the law, also, this is the only place that the Scripture talks about paying tithes. And it's not talking about what Levi did. It's talking about what Abraham did, who lived 400 years before him. Levi paid tithes in Abraham. So Abraham's gift, he gave it, he gave it, he gave it. We read that three times. We read it in Genesis 14 and we read it twice in Hebrews 7. Abraham gave a tithe. And Abraham's gift settled the debt of many generations. But notice this. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. But Jesus' gift settled the debt of every generation. Galatians 3.13 says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, that or so that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So this is why I say, number one, I do not believe that you are cursed if you do not tithe. And if you read where we read in Malachi 3 and just jump up a couple of verses in verse 8 and 9, God pronounced a curse in the Old Covenant for not tithing. However, I believe that you're missing out on the blessing if you don't get involved in the blessing of tithing and the blessing of giving, the blessing of generosity. Amen? And that's why, amen, I get excited about giving. Amen. Now, in conclusion, I want to just say a, a couple things, and I'll have you say a couple things. The focus of the New Testament is more on giving and receiving than tithing. However, Jesus receives our tithe. Amen? So here's what I say. I want you to say this with me. I'm a tither, and I'm a giver. I do not lack ability. I do not lack opportunity. And I will never lack for money. I have favor with God. I have favor with man. I have a good understanding, and I have supernatural increase. I have everything I need to do everything God called me to do. I have no lack in any area of my life. I am blessed by the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth. God bless you. I love you. Thank you for listening to the Karis Christian Center podcast. If you would like to receive prayer, product, or more information about the ministry, go to www.karischristiancenter.com or call us at 719-418-4000.